When most of us hear the word therapy, we think immediately about traditional talk therapy where somebody's laying on a velvet chair and somebody is saying, tell me how you feel. And while it's true, traditional talk therapy has come a long way. I'm a huge advocate for traditional talk therapy. There are some other ways of getting to the root and the really the core of what it is that you're experiencing and how to build a really strong foundation, both emotionally and physically, in order for you to go out and get what it is that you're desiring. Those dreams, those aspirations, they can all be possible for you when you really set yourself up for success and you really get to the root of what it is that you need to move through in order to take the next step. And I'm so excited today to welcome a friend of mine, Maritza. She's going to be sharing a lot about alternative therapies, things that we may have heard more in the media these days when we're talking about cold therapy and infrared saunas and just some more unconventional ways of getting at the root and the core of how our bodies are performing. And so I hope you'll enjoy this talk with Maritza and I. We really dive into a lot of the physical, but then also the mental and energetic kind of conversation of where space in our bodies hold the key really to moving to the next step. So I hope you love this episode. It was amazing. It was such a good time. And I hope it opens your eyes to a different perspective that possibly you may want to try in your healing journey, in your expansion journey, or your growth journey that you're on for yourself. Welcome to the Deliciously Alive podcast, where we explore what's possible when we allow ourselves the full human experience. My name is Sarah Campbell, and I'm your host. Each week, my guests and I will be sharing real and actionable insights on how to tap into your desires, feel truly alive, adventurous, and inspired to take action. I believe to my core that a vibrant, radiant, delicious life is possible for you. So pull up a comfy seat or join me on your favorite walk and we'll take this wild, messy, brilliant journey to living a life that lights us up together. Welcome everybody. Thank you so much for being here today. I have an amazing colleague, Pierre, here with me who is going to be sharing a little bit about alternative therapy. So I'm really excited to bring this episode to you today. Dr. Maritza Isagiri Kelly's background is extraordinarily diverse. Holding a doctorate in counseling ministries, Dr. Maritza is also a nutritional therapist, an author of Get Off the Couch and the Hypnotic Language of Success, and the former executive director of one of the country's leading drug and alcohol treatment centers. Currently, as the owner of Obtaining Mastery, she tours the country as a sought-after professional speaker, writer, and trainer in NLP and coaching. Through continuing education, keynote, speaker opportunities, media interviews, and more, Kelly collaborates with both individuals and organizations offering life and success coaching training, as well as NLP practitioner, hypnotherapist, and mindset expert certification training. The programs give the trainees the opportunity to build successful, rewarding careers doing what they love, helping others to attain and maintain a strong sense of balance and happiness in their lives. Maritza, thank you so much for being here. 
Thanks for having me, Sarah. I appreciate it. Every time I hear like my bio, I'm always like, who are they talking about? <laughs> I know. No, you know what? It's crazy because we kind of go through life and if we follow, if especially if we're pretty intuitive, we follow our path, whatever it is that feels right. And when we look back, we're like, huh, I did some things. I did some things. That's a great way of putting it. I've never heard it that way because a hundred percent, because sometimes in my head, even like I forget how old I am. And then I'm talking to people and I'm like, oh yeah, like that was like 20 years ago. I know it's so, yeah. But you do have a wide range of licenses and certifications. So where did you start your journey in the different treatment modalities? Because it looks like you kind of went through some more traditional schooling. And then how did you eventually find your way in the world of alternative therapy? Sure. So first off, thank you for having me. I'm always excited to talk about alternative therapies because that's truly where my passion and my heart lie. So I started off just with a love of fitness, a love, love, love for fitness. That was first and foremost. I've been working out since like body by Tiana <laughs> or Kiana. It like when I was in second grade, I would wake up at like four o'clock in the morning and work out in my parents' living room. And I kind of like started my journey there. My parents used to own 89 women's gyms. And I, at 12 years old, I started really like getting into like the gym, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I loved the gym. So naturally when people love working out, you like associate, especially being young, like, okay, like you should play sports then. But I absolutely have a complete distaste for team sports. I don't like team sports. I don't want to play team sports. Um, I kind of like, for me, working out was very personal and it was a very personal journey and experience for both mental, physical, and spiritual well-being. Mm -hmm. So as I graduated high school, I became a certified personal trainer and I worked as a personal trainer and I wasn't really sure if college was like really for me. I had taken some college credits in high school, but like the whole like traditional school thing just really didn't sit right with me. Like just sitting there and listening to people lecture uh, was really boring and there wasn't a lot of like activity. And I've always been like a very active person, physically active. And so sitting down and working behind a computer or back then working with a pen and paper just seemed like very long and boring. But eventually I started to notice that my personal training clients needed a little bit more than what I was providing because here I am, I'm giving them workouts, I'm helping them out with meal plans, but they still weren't achieving what they were wanting to achieve physically. And then I noticed a lot of it came down to like mental obstacles that they were facing in their life, mm -hmm. whether they were going through a divorce or they were just having some bouts of depression or anxiety going on. And so it really got me thinking that maybe I should start looking into psychology because I was almost acting like a therapist to these people. And I enjoyed having conversations with my clients, but I wanted to, and this is something about me. Like I always, I never want to work outside of my scope of practice that if I'm doing something, I want to be able to do it to the best of my ability. So I decided to go to college for, um, a bachelor's in social psychology and cognitive neuroscience, or it was known back then as like biological basis of behavior. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. I absolutely, absolutely loved it. And then I found out that there's 
at least in my thinking back then, that there's not really much that you can do with a bachelor's in psychology. I mean, now the world has changed so much in 20 plus years. We have, you know, social media and we have life coaching is more known of. But back then in 1999, (laughs) like when bachelor's in psychology, you can go to work as a high school teacher and teach like American history or psychology classes, or you can get basic entry-level jobs with a bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. So after about a year just kind of figuring out what I wanted to do. I had gotten a job teaching high school. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back and get my master's because when I met with my advisor, they were like, well, this is, if you really want to be a therapist, Mm -hmm. this is your roadmap, right? This is your roadmap of success of what you're going to do. So I was like, okay, didn't know any better. So I went and got my master's in mental health counseling and they left out the fact that you have a nine-month internship in school and then a two-year post-internship to become licensed a bunch of tests to take and, you know, being dyslexic, I always like looked at tests and I was like, Ooh, not my idea of a good time. <laughs> Oral test, great. Written tests. I'm like, Oh, this is. Yeah. School's not set up for most. Yeah. So I was like, okay, but I did it. Did great in school. Passed my cop exam. No problem. Um, got my license. Like it was like a four hour licensing test, got my license after only taking the test for 45 minutes, um, opened up my first business in 2006, 2005, 2006, and started going the more traditional psychology. I worked as a consultant for state and federal prisons. And I started to notice that the outcomes were not what I wanted them to be. And being a personal trainer is very outcome-based, right? Because if you have a client coming in and they're working out to look a certain way and you're not achieving that outcome, you're failing, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. And the same thing with psychology to me. Like if a client comes in to feel better and you're just managing symptoms, but they're not feeling better, you're failing. And so I started to, in about 2011, I started to look into like alternative therapies for my own well-being and to better help my clients because now I had a staff of about a hundred. I had a full drug and alcohol treatment center, a full mental health facility, a wellness center, and I wanted my clients to do better. I wanted to be able to provide them with the tools for success. And I personally did not feel like we were doing a good enough job. We were doing a great job, Mm. but it wasn't good enough. Like I knew that there was just intuitively, I just knew there was more out there. So I found a school that was talked about alternative therapies, complementary and alternative medicine. Mm. It was super expensive. And I literally wrote the guy a check and said, sign me up and spent the next four years really deep diving on myself first and learning the modalities to work with uh, my clients. That's amazing. And so you saw this gap. It makes sense. We know with fitness and wellness, there's so much of a mental aspect. So I can totally see how you went down that road. That makes 100% sense. And then, but once you got there, you still saw there was a gap. There was something missing that really could complete. Because that's, I mean, we're holistic beings, right? And it's like this we're not just influenced by one thing. So it makes, it makes incredible sense. I think too, 
it's probably a really cool experience for you to be able to experiment on yourself and kind of see so that you could be walking living proof of being able to fill that gap for yourself. 100%. I mean, I looked at it this way. I mean, I go everything back to like sports analogies or fitness analogies just because that's like my original base, right? Like if I'm trying to teach a client how a tricep extension should look and how it should feel and what muscles you should be contracting, but I'm not, but I've never done a tricep extension. Like it's really hard for me to adequately articulate what's supposed to be going on other than like just reiterating what you read in a book. Mm. So for me to experience these therapies, and I'm not going to lie, like I was a little, I was a little apprehensive at first because I'm like, you want me to do what? Because again, this is not like traditional, like psychology, like talk therapy, because even in grad school, they're like, you have to go to therapy. You have to go to AA meetings. You have to do this. You have to do that to experience the different things to like know what it's like to be on the other side. And I was like, okay. But most of the time I would just like kind of sit there and just be an observer, which I'm great at being an observer. But here, okay, Sarah, let me tell you, this pushed me to my limits. Like I had one situation where I was getting trained in bioenergetics, which I don't know if you're familiar Mm -hmm. with, but in the bioenergetics exercise, this man had me laying on a bed and like thrashing like a child and screaming. And I'm not a very loud person when it comes to like conversation. And I'm like, you want me to do what? (laughs) In front of who? (laughs) And I'm supposed to have like some sort of emotional release as I'm doing this. So you weren't quite fully bought in at first. You You knew there was something missing. You were looking for the gap and you're like, okay, I think this is it, but... Listen, I was bought in. I was ready. Like I knew that it was going to work, but I didn't, I was like, but I got to do it on me too. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> we didn't talk That's about probably, this. I mean, part. when you, when you talk about, you know, being in someone's shoes and empathy and it really probably made you that much better of a yeah. practitioner because you could say, you know what, I've been through this. It's tough. It's, you know, I know what you're going through, but you know, I've been through this all. It's not like someone from a podium being like, you should do this, but I've never done it. Well, and also too, being able to, again, let them know, like, this is some of the emotions you may experience. These are some of the sensations you may feel in your body and being able to put that in words for them. Mm -hmm. When people come into my office in our center, like Mm -hmm. they don't want to leave, you know? And the reason that they don't want to leave is because we've developed a space or a container for where success can happen. You know, our company Mm -hmm. is Obtaining Mastery and our our business is OM Center for Wellness. And it's about obtaining and sustaining true life mastery. It's about being able to create a container of success because everything that we do in our facility, everything that we do in our challenges, in our coaching co-op, in our programs is to enhance the individual to be able to live their overall best quality of life, regardless of the circumstances, because Mm. there's a lot going on out there. There's been a lot of noise. I call it noise, a noise or static with, you know, COVID and with elections and with this and with that. And we can go on and on and on, you know, and then also people have been experiencing real life at the same time, whether it's loss of income or loss of family members or just loss of self. 
So what we do, our job is to create a container so that success and that the individual can grow and start to build on a sturdy foundation. And right now I'm not providing also the personal training and the meal plans and this and this and this and this and this. But what I am doing is I'm helping the individual to gain the foundational premise for which then they can start to build a sturdy building. And then that container, they can work within what's going on and say, okay, yeah, this is happening, but I can manage it so much better because I have these tools and I was preventative, not reactive. I love that. And the analogy with the foundation, it makes so much sense because I mean, you really can't obtain mastery or, you know, grow when you, when you have a shaky and it makes so much of a difference internally, that internal landscape that we all have is something that we need to navigate before we can kind of expand into the other things that we want to do and we dream about. I think if you have a pilot who's like flying and the pilot doesn't understand how to account Mm -hmm. for wind variability or weather changes and the pilot's like, not, not going to do it today. I'm just going to fly my direction and get knocked around with the wind. You know, you could end up being 2% off course, which might take you anywhere from 500 to a thousand miles off your destination. And I don't know about you, but if I'm flying to LA and I end up in San Diego, it's a (laughs) problem. Definitely. It's just going to be a problem. I mean, it's not a big deal, like in terms of that, because we have ways to manage it now, but if that happened every time, I'm probably no yeah. longer going to fly that airline. Too. I mean, a lot of us, we do have big dreams and big goals. And I know there are a lot of people listening in that are high achievers and they have, you know, big aspirations for what they want to do and where they want to go. And you can't control everything, but there are things within your control that you can, you know, make that strong fountain and build from there and, and having the ability to do that in a multitude of different ways. Just thinking about what you said about school. I mean, we were talking about tests and, and, you know, tests versus physical tests, like not everybody can get there the same way. And that's why this world of alternative therapy is really interesting because I think when we think about therapy, we automatically go to talk the traditional talk therapy, right? You think about the whole someone laying on a velvet couch and tell me how you feel, (laughs) but, and, and, Traditional tea has gone a long way since then. I've experienced it myself. I, I, you know, it worked experience, but a lot of people, that's where their mind automatically goes with therapy. And I think there's probably a lot out there that people don't even realize. And we're getting into this world of, you know, biohacking and, and epigenetics and all these neuroscience, all these different things that we're becoming more aware, but kind of give us the lay of the land. Like what is even though that we don't know what's out there for alternative therapies and, and why is it I might want to consider beyond? Um, our... Yeah. So like you said, traditional therapies, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with them. Everybody has to start where they feel comfortable. I'm a firm believer in that and finding somebody that you feel comfortable with. And if the somebody that you feel comfortable with works in a more traditional realm, and that's good for you, by all means, please, I would rather you get some help in the way that yeah. you want than no help because we want to like set you up for success. As far as alternative therapies, oh, there's so much. I mean, you just started talking epigenetics, which is my language, uh, neuroscience. So we, I'm a neurofeedback practitioner. 
we utilize, I mean, okay, so here are some of the things that we utilize in our wellness center. We utilize food sensitivity testing, which is very important because we are seeing that as our foods become more chemicalized with different preservatives and different additives that our bodies are responding or reacting in a way that is almost like we're having an allergy to the food. And a lot of that allergy can create inflammation in the body, inflammation in the brain. When inflammation is taking place, it can create anger. So you may have somebody who's responding in an angry or agitated way, Mm -hmm. and it could simply be a food allergy or a chemical reaction, right? Just like you would see a chemical reaction on your skin, you can experience a chemical reaction within your behavior. And a lot of people aren't aware of that. And I think that's something to be aware of because at least here where I know you're in Canada and I'm in South Florida, I can tell you the schools here, they don't set up the kids for success in their lunchroom. They don't set up the kids for success in their classrooms, at least the public schools, which is where a majority of kids go is to the public schools. So I've seen the food, I've seen the classrooms, I've experienced them as a student, and it's not the best experience. The places are very cold. The chairs are very uncomfortable. Uh, It's just not a good way of learning. So one is you know, traditional talk therapy. Two is the food sensitivity testing. Three, I would say is we use cold therapy, which uh, we have a cryo chamber, which is so fun. Uh, it gets down to negative oh my 220 God. Even degrees. me from Canada, that makes me like yes. immediately cold. <laughs> I, I love it. It's negative 220 and it's really good for both physical and emotional well-being because it helps with inflammation. So if you're dealing with any soreness from the gym or from sports or any inflammation from maybe something like fibromyalgia or lupus or MS, you know, it can help with that. So arthritis, um, and it's really good for emotional well-being because it helps you to manage stress better. So as you expose yourself to extreme temperatures, your body starts to respond differently to different external stressors as well. So we love that. We have our infrared sauna. So the infrared sauna is a little bit different than if you were to go into a gym or a typical spa Mm -hmm. where they had just a regular sauna. The regular saunas get really, really hot, whereas our infrared sauna is really great for detoxing. We also have salt therapy that takes place in there. So you're just in there, you're detoxing. We are seeing a lot of, I don't know if you've heard about the Flint, Michigan water Mm -hmm. um, that was taking place. So where there was, they were basically being poisoned by the water. Also too, back in the day, people were going crazy Mm -hmm. from uh, lead paint. So we know that heavy metals create a chemical reaction within the body, yet we are still utilizing heavy metals in dentistry. We're still using it. I actually have four metal plates in my spine from an accident that I was in that I would love to have taken out, but that's a little, if it was a cat, if it was in my mouth, I'd probably have already taken it out, but because yeah. it's in my cervical I spine. I might not want to go on unnecessarily. <laughs> Wait, the pros and cons here. <laughs> but we also are still, we're still utilizing other cosmetic surgeries like breast augmentation, yeah. where we're actually putting false things in the body. So 
with the infrareds on it, it helps to detox the body of any toxins, whether it's environmental toxins, whether it's toxins from a surgery or toxins from food that you're experiencing, it helps to really get those out. So I'll have people go in there and they'll say, especially people who are smokers, like cigarette smokers mm -hmm. or alcohol drinkers, they'll go, I go in there for 10 minutes. And even though it doesn't feel as hot as a traditional sauna, they're just sweating the amount of sweat somebody has expelled through their largest organ, which is their skin, I can typically guesstimate what their lifestyle is like. They probably have a very toxic lifestyle. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. In terms of what they're consuming. Um, water. Water is a great therapist. Hmm. Um, I like to usually say like, we're basically houseplants with complicated emotions. <laughs> I love that. I've never heard that before. Yeah. You need water, food, sunlight, and kindness. Yeah. And when you have those things in your life, you will flourish and grow better than without. So a lot of people that I see who come in for maybe depression or anxiety or any of those traditional diagnoses, what they're really experiencing is they're toxic from the food that's, that they eat and they're dehydrated. Hmm. Interesting. So even short-term memory loss can be a lot of dehydration, brain fog, dehydration, lack of sleep. Uh, sleep is another thing. So we coach on sleeping and understanding how your brain needs to rejuvenate and rebuild just as your muscles rebuild themselves. Mm. Your brain needs adequate sleep. Studies are now finding that sleeping less than six to eight hours a night can actually leave your brain functioning as if you're legally drunk. Yeah, I think if you've ever been sleep deprived and, you know, I think that's a really common thing. I actually had a sleep coach on the podcast. You really do. I mean, a lot of us have experienced that at one point in our life and you really do. You're not all there. Well, and you know what it is, Sarah, and I've been doing this for, you know, between the personal training and the neurofeedback and all the different wellness therapies for over 20 years now, which sounds crazy for me to say. Um, most people do not know what it's like to feel good. Yeah. I believe that. I believe that. Most people, I mean, even people that I work with too, because I do work with a lot of athletes. I do work with a lot of business professionals, very successful people. Like I'm not talking like they do well. I'm talking very, very like high up, high rank, successful people. So you have to operate at a different level yeah. to be at the level of success that they're at. And they come in and they're like, well, I'm fine. You know, I'm good. And, and they think that they are happy. They think that they sleep well. They think that they are just dealing with a little bit of stress. Right. And that's what I get a lot of is like, people use the word stress mm -hmm. to me. Well, I put them together with a custom protocol because everything that we do is very customized, mm -hmm. right? Nothing's cookie cutter. So I'll customize a protocol for them and talking about the alternative therapies. And we might do three sessions of neurofeedback a week, two sessions of cold therapy a week, four sessions of heat therapy for a week. You know, we will just add in and change and kind of look and see what we're getting. I will tell you after about two weeks, Typically, they start to feel different, mm. like way different. And I'll have people say to me, I did not know mm -hmm. that it was possible to feel this way. Yeah. Like incredible mm -hmm. results like, to the point where 
they're coming to me crying, going, I never realized I didn't sleep well until all of a sudden I'm coming and seeing you. And now I wake up. I feel you should not feel tired when you wake up. Yeah. You should not feel tired in the middle of the day. But a lot of us are dealing with adrenal fatigue. We're dealing with toxicity through our foods. We're dealing with dehydration and brain fog and all these things. And we're not even recognizing it because it's always how we feel. Yes. So we just become a we become accustomed to feeling terrible. Yes, I know this. And then yes. we're like, this is just how it is. Or we think pain, being in physical pain every day is normal. Yeah. I actually know this to be true. I experienced a food intolerance that I didn't even know about. And I kid you not, Maritza, when I stopped eating this, I was like, I did not know that this is what life was like. I didn't know that I shouldn't feel nauseous all the time. Like it was so weird to think being on the other side of it. I looked back and I was like, how did I not know that this is not how I should feel? But I can imagine it's the same experience. My 14 year old's dealing with it now. My 14, you know, we don't, I always say like knowledge is power, you know, regardless of what I know, I'm not here to shove my information or anything down anyone's throat because we all deserve to have our own experiences, mm -hmm. right? And you don't ever want to rob somebody from an experience that they need maybe to grow, right? Because some of us need certain experiences to grow in certain ways. I know, for instance, I was a little stubborn as I was younger and I needed certain teachable moments that I had to experience myself to make me who I am. Because if I hadn't had that teachable moment early on, I always say God intervenes very early in my life, mm -hmm. right? Like I'm the person who I go five miles over the speed limit and I get pulled over for a speeding ticket. Fun fact, I drove my husband's car one time, one time, Sarah, one time. And I got pulled over. The cop pulled me out of the car, yelling and screaming at me about his license plate. I'm like, it's not even my car. You know, like, so I'm the person that if I do something wrong, I'm going to be called on it right away because God wants to make sure I learn that, that lesson fast, quick. So I can move on with my life. My 14 year old had uh, found this snack. It's called a Takis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah, yeah. I know we have Takis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he found Takis and he decided that he really enjoyed eating them. Well, at 14, he's also getting into working out and training in the mornings with my husband. And he has a job where he works at our wellness center. So he experiences health and well-being. I cook, I juice. So he enjoys all of those different things. And what had happened was, is that he started to put two and two together that when he ate Takis, mm. his stomach hurt. And I'm not there to intervene, right? Because of course, as mom, I am wrong. I will always be wrong. Yeah. Um, I'm a stubborn little one too. <laughs> so I said- Oh, that's interesting. And so he would eat Takis again. And then he would say, my stomach hurts. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then it happened a couple more times. And finally he goes, mom, can you not buy Takis anymore? And I said, sure. Is there a reason why? Because I wanted to hear him verbalize it. And he goes, I've noticed that when I eat Takis, my stomach hurts. And I said, oh, that's really mm. awesome for you to notice. And as you continue to work out and be, continue to gain a healthier body, because here's the thing, if his body was toxic, he wouldn't notice yeah. how he felt, right? But because his body felt good, he noticed when his body felt bad. He knew what was on the other side. 
He knew what good felt exactly. like. Exactly. Yeah, totally. And what a beautiful place to be in an awareness with your body. Because I think a lot of us are, you know, we kind of numb, however, with our relationship with our body. And sometimes it's a coming back to awareness piece. And so for him to be able to kick off with that, that's amazing. Do you mind if I go, if I talk about that for a second? Yeah, yeah, please. Okay, sorry. You you brought up a really good point. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to lose this. Um, it's where a lot of the problems start is that we don't face our emotions and we become mm-hmm. very um, consistently aware of our emotions. We become aware and then we're like, oh, I don't like this. And we try to avoid, we become avoidant with our emotions and we are not able to sit with them. We're so scared mm-hmm. of being sad, angry, scared that all of a sudden it fear and all of a sudden you have a panic disorder. You feel sad and all of a sudden it's depression. You feel anxious and all of a sudden it's anxiety. Like instead of recognizing like this is an emotion, facing it, embracing it, and then allowing your body to sit with it for a moment and understand Mm -hmm. what's going on. Because as you start to build that, not just that physical awareness, because we were just talking about awareness. I felt like it was relevant, but also developing that emotional awareness of the things that make you uncomfortable. And not that you have to necessarily avoid them, but this is how we grow through situations and say, okay, well, I don't have to run away from every emotion that comes up because that's where we like avoidant behavior, right? Like, okay, I'm just going to, this makes me uncomfortable. I'm just going to scroll. I get into a um, disagreement or maybe not an agreement of terms with a friend or significant other. That's it. The friendship's over. I have strong boundaries. And I hear it all the time. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like I get that. Like if somebody's being like blatantly like rude and disrespectful, but when did we all have to be alike? Mm-hmm. When did every day have to be sunshine and butterflies and rainbows? You know, when did we stop appreciating the things in our life that make us who we are? And not everything has to be traumatizing. It can be a significant mm-hmm. event and it can be an event that took place and we can reflect on that, but it doesn't always have to be bad, but we are labeling it that way. And then we're running away from these emotions that instead we should be embracing. And instead of like, I always say like um, the mind and the body is more of a mosaic of shattered pieces of everything. But if we avoid the pieces that are uncomfortable or hard to look at, we're going to miss the overall beautiful picture. Mm, That's a really beautiful analogy. It's interesting because you're right. And I think there was a stage in society where the repression of a lot of feelings was encouraged, like, you know, and in certain industries, I mean, before I worked doing what I'm doing, I was in the fire services industry. I tell you, like a lot of oppression of feelings because you're experiencing really challenging situations a lot of the time. And I think... There's a shift happening. It's funny because my son's, he's seven now, and there was this studies that came out that 
kids going into school weren't emotionally, their emotional intelligence was lacking in order to go into the school system or at that age, whatever they thought it should be. And so his daycare had a trial project that they were doing with the kids, a lot of emotional awareness. And I always joke about it. I'm like, oh, my seven-year-old's as emotionally developed as I am. But what a beautiful thing yeah, to be shifting into that because it's true. And there's a lot of work that we are doing and we're untangling within ourselves because of a lot of that repression of, yeah. And we store, it's interesting too, because actually curious about this because we store a lot of this emotional in our bodies. And so with the alternative therapies, this is something I'm actually curious about is, do you find that in your journey, because you've kind of hit on a few mm-hmm. of the different things like the talk therapy and the alternative therapies, do you find that we now know that we store trauma or whatever it is in our bodies? Do you find that the alternative therapies go deeper into the healing process? Yes. So that was actually the uh, technique that I was talking to you about earlier, which is a bioenergetics technique, which is how to get out stored energy in the body. So um, basically a psychocybernetic system, which simply means that every thought creates a biological response. So mm-hmm. they've actually done um, of this, of where your brain has a thought or your mind has a thought, right? Like think of it as a cloud, mm-hmm. right? The cloud, cloud is in mind, right? Then the thought is a piece of lightning. And every time you have a thought, that lightning comes down and hits you in a part of your body, right? And think of that it ignites those cells. Now, if you have continuous thoughts from that part of the brain and they did it to where they're like, okay, this is coming from um, the prefrontal cortex. This is coming from the basal ganglia. This is coming from the hippocampus. This is coming from here. This is coming from there. And they started tracking the types of ailments that people were experiencing in their body to the part of the brain that was ignited when that thought came in, right? Because Hmm. what they've recognized now is that even with real or imagined stimulus, the imagination will always win because the body is like a robot. So if you have a thought or you see a picture of a delicious meal, your mouth is going to begin to water, right? Mm -hmm. You see somebody who you really, really love, like you see a picture of your son. And as you see his picture and you look at his face, your pupils are going to dilate. You're going to have a feeling in your body. Maybe your heart is going to beat a little bit faster or a little bit harder because you're going to have that excitement, right? And that love for him. So they've done um, a job at doing that. And then uh, Alexander Lowen, who is the um, doctor who talks about the um, bioenergetics, created a series of tools and techniques to utilize in order to kind of release the body of those emotions or that energy in motion that got stuck. Because what it is, is like when we start to have ailments, my back hurts, my head hurts, and chronic pain, it's typically because the energy got stuck in some place, right? So what he's done is through these techniques, we're able to then release the energy and then discuss it, right? So if we do talk therapy first, talk therapy is good, but it's not going to get down to a cellular level for then you to be like release that energy adequately. So um, a fun story. 
I do. Okay. <laughs> Always. Okay. So my husband's on a podcast somewhere else, so I can say this story and he's not going to be like, babe. So <laughs> when I met my husband, I was sick of dating emotionally stunted men. Um, think of, you know, like you said, like we come from a generation of suppression, right? So mm-hmm. at our age, a lot of the men that I was dating and that I was involved with were great men, um, people, but they were very masculine and they didn't have a good outlet for their emotion. I always think of that episode of friends where Bruce Willis like starts like crying and Rachel's like, (laughs) not what I was talking about. Right. So, so I, I, my husband, when we met and I had started already on this journey of like my alternative therapy growth, I said, listen, I said, I have one rule. I said, if we're going to be together you have to be willing to be open to something different. And he was like, what is she talking about? Like this could be interesting, right? Okay. So I bring him with me to um, Brian's house who owned this alternative medicine school. And Brian's having a private workshop at his house. It's like a four day long workshop. And I said, I will, I'll pay for it. I just want you to be open to it. And if you're not, Cool. Now, mind you, I had kind of weaned him in. Like first we did like a meditation class together, um, Course in Miracles class, and he really liked it because he got to sit in a chair and fall asleep. And my husband <laughs> is um, a little bit of background. So my husband um, is an ex-canine officer. Um, mm-hmm. He was on like the SWAT team, like emergency response team. Um, he also um, came into his own little journey and spent two years in uh, prison. So Here's this guy who's from- He's like the traditional tough guy. Yeah. Here's this guy from Massachusetts who's just like, you know, big biceps, all built up. And he's like, okay. He even um, bought that one bestseller where he like titles a chapter, I did it to impress a girl. And Oh my God, that's so good. Yeah. So he came there to this event with me. And as he came to this event with me, I had kind of prepped Brian and Brian and I are very good friends. And I kind of told him, now Brian's- in his seventies now. So he's a little bit older than us. And I said, Brian, this is this guy. And, you know, I just want him to be able to experience this. So asked in the room, there's about 10 of us, 12 of us, whatever. And he goes, do I have any volunteers? So, you know, like that weird, awkward question, like, yeah, everyone's like, Ooh, looking right, around. What are a volunteer for what? And I had yeah. already known better. I do not volunteer in Brian's class. Okay. So <laughs> Joe's like, he goes, uh, yeah, I'll volunteer, you know, whatever. And his Boston accent said, like, yeah, well, I'll volunteer, whatever. <laughs> so he's like, all right. So Brian is about five foot six, five foot seven. And my husband's about five ten, five eleven. Like I said, my husband's a big guy. And Brian's this like tiny guy. He like kind of reminds me of like a, an older Michael Douglas, like Dougie yeah. Moore kind of guy. <laughs> so all of a sudden, Brian goes over to my husband. Now, this is his like second time meeting him. He met him in a meditation class. And now it's this. And he goes, Oh, look, I'm Joe. I'm big man. I'm big man. And starts like beating, beating on Joe's chest. He goes, I'm so big. Oh, look at this chest. Cause he's got these big chest muscles. And I'm like this. I'm like, oh, this is definitely my last date with this guy. Like this. <laughs> I am great. Like he is going to like, if he doesn't run out of this room right now, like I've got to marry this guy oh because this is like, like I'm, oh my gosh, Sarah, I'm there in tears. Go. I'm in tears crying like i'm like oh my gosh so funny this is so funny i'm like you're like it's like he's looking around for the camera like who's got me on so then brian takes his hand and he smacks joe in the chest like three times and he goes 
who broke your heart? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. And so everyone's like this. And he goes, when you build up your chest that big, think of the organ that you're protecting, which is your mm-hmm. heart. Mm-hmm. So then he got Joe in the middle of like 12 people that he had never met before to take off his shirt mm-hmm. and lay down on this stool that he had had custom made. And he starts doing this breathing technique. It's called like the breathing stool technique. Mm-hmm. So he's pushing on his jaw and he has him screaming. So at first, I mean, he's in a room in front of a bunch of people. He's like, ah, yeah. right? And then he's like, and then finally he's like, hey, and he lets out the scream and just starts crying like baby, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it came out like, yeah, like an experience. Me yeah. yeah, and it came out like an experience that he had as a child where it was the first, like I don't want to say traumatic, but we'll call it the first significant emotional event that he had with a parent, a female parent, his mother. Mm-hmm. And it was a very hard feeling that he had where he felt like she broke his heart. Yeah. And, you know, here was a way that then he could then release that energy that he's been holding for so long and protecting his heart. And it's funny because he used to walk really hunched over. Mm -hmm. And I noticed afterwards, like he started walking with his chest exposed with his heart open, Mm -hmm. you know, so as we start to go through our healing process, it doesn't change just our emotional well-being. It changes our physical well-being as well because our body starts to expand differently because a lot of us are carrying the emotion of our experiences in our body. And until we heal that, until we release that, and I don't want to say heal, until we integrate that with who we want to be, mm. we're going to stay stuck there. Yeah. It's interesting. I, years ago, I worked at a yoga studio and the heart opener position, people cry all the time because it is, we, we get in this protection mode where we're like, you know, I'm doing this. I know if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see me, but my motion is like to hunch over and protect and put my hands in front of my chest. But we, people will cry all the time because they're they, pulling back, they're expanding their heart. And it was, it is, it's that protection mode that we go in. And I imagine we probably do in other areas of our body, but it makes so much sense in our heart. Yeah. Like we're holding in our stomach area. Like I can look at somebody's body and tell you where they hold their stress. Yeah. And not just by the way they're standing. I can tell you by the way that they gain weight. I can tell you the way that their bodies have developed both men and women who develop differently. And we're looking at different body types Um, they're developed certain ways because of certain emotional experiences that they've had and where they hold those emotional experiences. Mm -hmm. And, and that's how we recognize it is by looking through that physical body. So is that when you have someone come like, cause we're all so unique and we've all gone through these unique experiences. We talk about the body manifesting different symptoms or looks or whatever based on our experiences and you focus really in on you know these cutting edge techniques and you mentioned that it's a very personalized journey when someone comes to visit you how do you even go about start developing that plan for them plan of action 
Yeah, great question. So, and also too, a lot of these, I don't want to take credit that I'm doing cutting edge stuff because these, some of these techniques have been being yeah. done for thousands of years. Yeah. Um, we just have not been open to utilizing them in traditional psychological practices because back when we were the Freud and the Jung and all that, it was traditionally like white men in the practice working with other white men mm -hmm. or women. So like we weren't really like expanding into like looking at how do the Native Americans work with their tribe and how do you, you know, and think of like of the cultural sensitivities of certain developments of how certain people are even raised differently. Because for some people, like asking to go to traditional therapy would be very like unheard. And I've experienced this because we have a very large Native American community where we are. And in working with them, like you can't just say like, oh, you need to like emancipate yourself or, you know, just ignore what other people say and do what's good for you. Because when you're part of a tribe, you're part of a tribe, you know, yeah. and you have to be culturally sensitive to that. Otherwise you could really come off as offensive and not sensitive to the culture of another, of another person's. So when we're talking about the tools and techniques and how I develop my custom protocol, I give a pretty thorough wellness exam or questionnaire. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of talk to people like, where are you at? Like, what are your goals? Like, what do you want for your life? Like, where do you see yourself going and what's been holding you back? And in order to get a really, really detailed plan, I ask a lot of questions. And as we go through the program, it may evolve. Like we may say like, you know, this is where you're at, Sarah. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Sarah, is that really where you're at? Mm -hmm. You know, and we might even dig a little deeper because as we build our rapport together and we build on our relationship, we constantly improve. And as you release maybe energetically some things that are going on, something else might pop up. And it's kind of like the game of whack-a-mole. Like, yeah. okay, like got this. Oh, here comes this. Okay, got this. And sometimes what we imagine intellectually what the problem is or what the trauma was or what the significant emotional event was, it's not that at all. Hmm. And it's even deeper than that, right? Yeah. So yeah. we have to really dig into our subconscious, right? Mm. Into our body, into just really the depths of our soul to really identify like, what is it that I'm truly working on and what is really my goals, right? Mm -hmm. and, and then kind of go from there. And then when we have that, I'm able to, I mean, that's kind of like my genius zone. I always hated saying like, okay, like what am I really good at? Like what I'm really good at is like, you know how an interior decorator can walk into, like I just had my whole office redone. You know how an interior decorator can walk into an office or walk into a house and be like, they see things, yeah, right? They, they've got the vision. I do that with people. I step in front of a person mm -hmm. and as they're talking to me, I'm building and designing and architecting a life of, of success, of genius of happiness of just freedom for them and all i need them to do is just buy in and work with me and we can achieve it yeah the modalities are the catalyst exactly. that you can envision yeah 
This is amazing. I feel like I could talk about this all day long, but I want to give you the space to kind of share. How can we follow you? How can we stay up to date with what you're doing, work with you? All yeah. The so we have a number of ways that you can work with us. So right now we have a bunch of challenges that we do throughout the year. So we actually have a 21 day wellness challenge that kicks off February 1st, which is an hour. Yeah. Next week, an hour zoom call every week, every day for 21 days, in addition to recipes to properly nourish the body. So not just recipes with food, but food, juice, as well as daily journal prompts and exercises, and really to just get the whole mind, body, and spirit going. Also meditations mm-hmm. that you'll have access to. Uh, we also have created a coaching collective. So in order to obtain and sustain true life mastery, we want to make sure that we create that container of success for you. So we have a group that meets once a week that anyone can jump in or jump out of at any time, part of our inner circle membership that you can be involved with. We have our wellness center in South Florida where we do VIP days, which means that you can actually fly in, stay at a local hotel, and we can do a series of VIP days. We work with a number of facilities uh, throughout the community where they'll actually bring in their clients and their clients will utilize all of our services. We block out that time for these mm-hmm. companies. So whether it's a business that is doing a wellness plan for their employees or a family who's looking to work on different things or people from mental health treatment facilities, we really have something for everyone to create that space of success Mm -hmm. to then create that foundational success that can be cultivated into what they're looking to build throughout their life. That's incredible. I'll make sure to put all that in the show notes. So we'll connect. We'll make sure we get all the links so that everybody can hear and follow along. And it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your expertise, your heart, your stories. Thank you so much, Sarah, for having me. I swear I could talk to you forever. So thank you this together and I hope your listeners really got something great out of it today I'm sure they did thank you thank you so much for listening to the deliciously alive podcast with me today we hope it brought value to you and created a bit of inspiration and encouragement that will move you into action for more you can head on over to deliciouslyalive.com forward slash guide to get our free resource guide that will show you actionable ways to live an incredible life as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes and if you enjoyed this episode please share it with someone you know who would love it too or leave a rating and review it means the world to us and gives us feedback on what to do more of that's all for this episode so till next time stay curious be brave and take inspired action toward that delicious life meant especially for you.